0: to this series entitled, In the Beginning, looking at the foundational stories of our faith from the early chapters of the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. This morning, we come and again examine uh, from the third chapter, verses 17 through 24. Uh, If you'd like to follow the reading as I read it to us. You will find it on page 3 in the Pew Bibles. God speaking, and he says, To Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim, with a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word from this, the third chapter of the book of Genesis. This morning, the sermon is taken right from what we've just read, Banishment from Eden. You know, one of the things that's important in life as we live our lives and we begin to think about life, why some things are the way they are, why do we get in trouble? Children come to find out that if you do certain things, you get in trouble about it. Adults also come to find out that if you do certain things, you get into trouble, now, for instance, if you are driving along one of the streets of our fair community of Germantown and you exceed the posted speed limit by a certain maximum amount, say 11 miles an hour, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really specific. <laughs> The city of Germantown is glad to issue you an Outstanding Fast Driver Award. (laughs) We all get in trouble for different things. We don't really think seriously about the nature of trouble, but it is what is talked about here. It is sin. It is sin. Now, I'm not sure that anywhere in the Bible does it say if you break the speed limit, it counts as a sin. But since we are under rule and regulation, we live under a government, local, state, federal. There are rules and regulations, and the Bible does say that we should pay attention to the laws of the state. So in that sense, we have broken the law. But... We are not banished unless we break it multiple times. And then you may have a license that is banished in that regard. But it's important for us to hear... Because we live in a world and we see that in that world, we may, when we are young, have an ideal picture of it, that everything and that everybody's interested in everybody's welfare and that everybody is interested in the good of all. And we come to find out that that is just not the case. And we even find ourselves sometimes not interested in the welfare of others and find ourselves mostly interested in the things that pertain to us. We live in a day and time in which the culture has now proclaimed that there is really no truth, no absolute truth, And that the only truth is whatever is true for you. And you will find that quickly there are a lot of so-called truths and nobody agrees about any truth and everyone takes offense. Everyone takes offense. The question is, how did humanity get to this point. And here the Bible gives us the beginning of the answer to the question. And the beginning of that answer is that from the very earliest parts of creation when God had made man and woman and had placed them in the Garden of Eden a great place apparently a place where Everyone that was there, the animals, the people, man and woman, God, because we're told that God walked in the midst of the garden, that it was a pretty good place. And that God gave the created man and woman, created in his image, the one command. Not ten, not multiples, not a constitution, not a bill of rights, Not the state laws and the local laws. Just one command. Don't eat of this one tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, let's think about that. Let's think about the time our children, or think even better of yourself as a child. Did your parents ever say, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. When I was four years old, my dad and mother time and time again had told me don't play with matches. Do not play with matches. So, I got my three-year-old brother, I was four, he was three, and I said, come in here, watch this. (laughs) Knowing very well that I had been told time and time again, you don't play with matches. I didn't play with one, I played with the whole pack. Fortunately, I did not burn down the house. And I thought I had hit it pretty well. It never occurred to me that my parents could smell sulfur throughout the house. My punishment was pretty severe. I did not play with matches in the house ever again. But... The point is that we all know, and sometimes just one command, and here it was for humanity, one command, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They got some bad advice, counsel from a certain serpent, but they couldn't do it. And so they ate. It says their eyes were open, and from that point on, they were in a broken relationship with God because when God came to look for them, they hid. And when he said to them, why did you hide? Well, we were unclothed and we didn't want you seeing us. And he said, well, who told you that? And then he said, you've eaten of the tree. And they had. And for us as Christians... For us, as those who who understand and study the Scripture, it is at that point in time that we see the trouble that comes upon us as living beings. That sin, as Paul said in Romans, first came in through Adam. And has been with us ever since. And so they were... Adam and Eve, they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. I want to talk about that. How many of you have ever been thrown out of a place? You don't have to raise your hands. I can see it in your faces. Get thrown out. You know, I was talking with our children about this time out chair, We throw our children when they're young, say, Go to your room. We're throwing them out of the rest of the house, go to your room. We do that. In school, they say, Go to the principal's office. (laughs) When we get older and we do something more serious, they may say, Go to jail. When two adults are in conflict with each other and they've been married, they get a divorce and they banish one another from their lives, more or less. So we are used to this idea in our lives, in our culture of being banished from some place. But here, here, we're thrown out of the garden. One theologian says, all of man's history Is about trying to get back to the garden. Trying to get back to the place where life was good and there weren't any difficulties. So we've been kicked out our parents adam and eve got kicked out therefore as their heirs we are still kicked out that is the truth of the matter we live in a world that is full of of hatreds, and that is full of difficulties, that is full of pain and suffering, that a world that has many different things that are not too good, yet we also live in a world that gives us glimpses of heaven and the wonderful part of being alive, the wonder of a child, the wisdom on a face that's 95 years old, And yet we long, we long in our hearts and in our minds for something more. We long, and I think it is right, we long to be fully in the presence of God. To be back in that state of bliss. To be back in that comfort of knowing that God is there with us and will take care of everything. Now, you may think that God was pretty harsh here. After all, it was only one commandment. Just one. And that He threw them out, put an angel with a flaming sword to top it off to guard the entrance as if we could get back in. But God was not without mercy. Yes, we had to work the land. Yes, we had to do some things. Yes, we would return to dust. But he clothed them. He said the land would produce food. It would be hard. But he didn't abandon them. And in the course of time, God would send one who would be able to forgive the sin. God sent His Son who would be able to reconcile us. God sent His Son so that we would be able to receive the promise that there would be a time, a life, where there would not be death. Where there would not be pain, where there would not be suffering, where there would not be illness, where there would be no more tears of sadness, perhaps great tears of joy. And as Paul said to the Romans, it was in the first Adam that sin and death came into the world. And so in Christ Jesus, if you will, the second Adam, forgiveness of sins and reconciliation and life has come into the world for all who believe and trust in Him. And we do not have to fear any longer the banishment from the garden. If you were to do a Google search on the word Eden used in book titles, you get pages of books that have incorporated the word Eden. John Steinbeck, his great novel, East of Eden, comes actually from the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis that we will talk about next week. But it's deep in the human soul that we have been estranged from God. And it wasn't God who did the estranging. It was us who are sinful human beings. But God in His great mercy, God in His benevolent grace has given us a way to go back. It is not complete in this world, but it can be lived out in this world by how we live, knowing that we are a forgiven people, knowing that it takes each and every day for us to get up and to love like Christ Jesus loved us. And to trust that when that day comes and we are no longer in this world, that we will be in a much greater world. Think seriously about it that we have been banished from Eden. We may think that we are without hope, that we are lost forever, that we have no way to get back to the graces of God. And if we were left to ourselves, that would be the case. We would have no way. But we are not left to ourselves. We have Jesus. We have God's promises. We have God's forgiveness that can... Forgive your sin, any sin. And that can restore you and me to the presence of God. As Paul said, we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. But thanks be to God who has given us His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the answer. That is the outcome. That is God's grace to us. Do not forget it. Do not take it for granted. But accept it as God's gift to you. Thanks be to God who loves us despite ourselves. Amen.